The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuff America. I am so excited. You know, again, I say this every time. It's like it's news. We have awesome guests. I am delighted with the people that are willing to come on the podcast and talk to you and talk to me. It's just it's amazing. So today we are with the dynamic and exceptional Amy Schuber, not Schumer, Amy <laughs> Schuber, who is equally fabulous as the comedian that you might know of. So uh, Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, welcome to the show, first of all. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for work, what your home life is like, if you live alone or if you live with other people, just as a baseline so we get a sense of both professional and personal, your relationship with stuff, time. <laughs> so um, I'm not the comedian, but I love that she's made it because everyone thinks I'm her, which is hilarious. But I am a life and business coach, and I'm also a, a host of a podcast, Inspired Conversations. And so that's what I do for a living, and I love it. And I live alone. I live, uh, come from a family with a lot of stuff, so it's an interesting conversation to have with uh, me and my family. Um, but I'm single, so I don't have all of that stuff either. So um, yeah, so that's kind of who I am and where I, what I'm up to. All right, great. Um, are your parents alive? My parents are both alive, yes. And uh, in decent health, how are they? They're both actually really healthy. My mom just had some heart surgery this summer and thankfully she's doing amazing and my dad's in good shape. And you know, you go through something like that and you just become more grateful for health. I mean, if her heart was healthy, it wouldn't have had to need surgery, but there's things we can do for it. So, um, and she came through it really great. So they're healthy and doing really well. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, excellent. Good, good. Uh, so, I mean, I often ask this question of our guests because for those of us in that sandwich generation who might have kids, yeah. but also have parents that are alive and aging, you can get stuff from both directions. You get it from the kids and you also get it from the parents who yeah. are like, I'm there, whether they're downsizing and empty nesting it or even further along in the process of possibly downsizing into assisted living or those kinds of situations. And suddenly the family home becomes a place we have to deal with and either your childhood stuff or Sib's childhood stuff, their stuff. And it just, it, 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 it's very easy to not account for it when you're managing your time. And yet it's one of those gotchas that can totally undermine your ability to manage your time and your stuff when your folks start to downsize towards you. So I, that's yeah. just to contextualize why I often ask the question. Cause yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because you know, it's kind of a can of worms because my dad is an entrepreneur and had his own business for many years. He's a creative, a jeweler. He collects a million things that have, you know, meaning to just him and my sister and I, he downsized into, you know, working at home 
like retired, but, you know, rented the building right. and downsized and, and we had to deal with all that stuff last year, but with, while he was alive and well, so we had all the feelings around it because he's alive and well and didn't want to let go of stuff. So, and he has an extraordinary amount of stuff <laughs> that's not just junk. That's like collector stuff. So it's interesting because we had to have conversations about stuff and, and we continue to have them. Right. Um, but it's interesting because, uh, Sometimes you don't deal with it until there's a loss, which our family has dealt with. And then you, my dad was like, well, I want to be thoughtful about it. But that was, that was hard. (laughs) Still hard, still hard to be thoughtful about it. You know, when you have so much attachment to yourself. Yeah. All right. Cool. So what inspires you? What are you really passionate about? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. I mean, I've become, you know, basically a teacher in my coaching. I, I'm inspired by people. I love people. I love to see people you know, find their joy and happiness. And I know that might sound so cliche, but, you know, I worked in corporate and I, we were all dumbed down and doled out and just, (laughs) ugh, it was so gross and I couldn't handle it. And so I left and, you know, started my own thing. And what I've come to learn is that I love to see people light up. I mean, when we're happy and we're joyful and we're doing work we love, everything is different. And so I've become really passionate about that. And I love to share what I know with people. I'm a very curious person and I, I like to talk to people. And that's why I have a podcast because I thought, oh, if I start interviewing people, I could share what other people know with people so then they can take that and live better and do something with their lives. I mean, it's not everything I know about everything. So I just get really passionate about conversation and sharing with people and then seeing people take like one thing and then change their lives with it. You know, it could be anything. It could be eating less sugar. It could be drinking more water. I don't care what it is. It could be getting rid of your stuff, whatever it is. Like do that one thing to sort of alleviate whatever it is that's pressuring you in your life so you can have more fun and joy so we can open up that capacity for it because it changes everything. It changes our relationships, our jobs, our careers, our income flow, everything. So I just get really passionate about, you know, helping people and helping people navigate through their lives and their business and and like you, their stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So uh, on the other side, what really upsets you? What pisses you off? What gets you oh, going? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with, start with the first one you can think of. I just get pissed when people don't do the work, uh-huh. you know, like over and over. It's just like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And I'm like that too. And that's probably why I get pissed about it. But I just, I, it just drives me crazy when we know what to do, but we're not doing it. And I think we can see a lot of that in the world right now, mm-hmm. but, um, man, it just, it just aggravates me when we're just fooling ourselves and we're, you know, not in communication with what needs to happen or, you know, just to do it, I just, just do it, man. You know, just I think I find myself saying that to people, like, especially my family, when I keep seeing the same piles in the houses and just like, ah, oh, what are you doing? And I'm a dig in kind of person but I don't need to do it for everybody. And that's not my job. Right. So I think it just, I don't know. It aggravates me <laughs> to all ends. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I mean, it's, I will, I'll jump on that and say that it's, it's something that, that upsets me as well. It's why I started the podcast is because I thought we can complain about the way the world looks, but if we're not going to participate, if we're not going to get outside of whatever we consider to be our comfort zone, which is such a crock of shit anyway. I mean, that expression, like, you know, expand your zone of comfort, right? Right. I mean, why is your zone of comfort so tight that anything that isn't, you know, a delicious 
cashmere sweater somehow is uncomfortable, <laughs> right? I mean, or with right. a straw or a tube down your throat, constantly feeding you sugar. Like, th so those are the choices, like to live in a diaper and just eat candy? No, I mean, yeah. we, have to, we have to expand our concept of what comfort is so that we can participate vigorously in the world. It's this, we, we are so, I'm gonna rant for just a minute. You know, we're so in this, this delusion around expansive time as if the clock isn't constantly ticking we don't know when we're leaving and this idea like well i'll just deal with it tomorrow or someday or later as if there are no consequences to these deferred decisions it freaks me out and upsets me because that that sleepiness that somnambulance that lack of awareness and clarity means that you just keep manifesting crap around you literally and figuratively. We get the government that we have as a result of it. We get the health care that we have as a result of it. We get the social services as a result of it. We get the roads as a result of it, the educational system as a result of it. All of it, all of these things that in in an ideal world and even in a real world could be so much more efficient and effective in supporting us in having a better quality of life. We've settled for such crap and cobbled together garbage because we don't want to participate because it's like, oh, it's somebody else's job. Well, it's not somebody else's job. You're right. a citizen. It, yeah. It's your job. If if we were just a village, you wouldn't just be able to take a crap in the middle of the town square and have somebody else clean up after you. You'd have yeah. to go to the edge of the village, go find a bush, go get some leaves, take a poop, clean up after yourself and come back and start making dinner with everybody. So if we just expand that to the the country, the city, the country, the the globe, you don't just got to take a poop in the middle of the town square and think somebody else is going to pick up after you. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, it's like, to me, this is another thing that drives me crazy when people don't take responsibility. And that's what it is. It's like, all of us taking responsibility for us, like just this right here. That's all. And it's a lot, right? And totally. it's, it's a huge responsibility to take responsibility for yourself. So why aren't we doing it? You know, and, and we all have these opinions and ideas and stuff, but it's like, just start with ourselves. And it drives me crazy when we don't take responsibility. I mean, that's what goes wrong in relationships, careers, jobs. I mean, all of it, I can think of so many examples of where it's happened in my life, whether it's my responsibility or someone else's responsibility. And then there's the the breakdown. And that makes me crazy, crazy, crazy. And you're right. You know what? Life is uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know who says it's all comfortable. There is not one thing about life that's comfortable. I don't think that's a word we can use. You know, like our comfort zones, We, I mean, we can be comfortable in our lives, but life is not comfortable. Like change is happening every day. Like every day the weather is different. You know, it's like, so it's change, right? It's Got to trim your fingernails. Yeah. You know, we've, gotta get you, your haircut. We've, yeah. We've got all these things, these concepts totally mixed up and and, you know, hiding in bed with the of under the covers when, with your cashmere sweater or whatever. I mean, yeah, we all want to do that every once in a while, but it's like enough. We can't do that anymore, you know, right. and especially for ourselves, because that doesn't serve us. Sometimes it does, but not forever. Well, it's a day, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the day of like, I'm taking a mental health day, but it's yeah. not, you can't take a mental health life. No, exactly. Yeah, there might be a season of it, but then you got to get up and take responsibility and, and, and get going, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So on a scale from one to 10, one being the least organized, 10 being the most organized, where would you place yourself? I'm like a, <laughs> I think I'm like a seven and a half, eight, because I think I'm pretty organized, but I can be pretty 
disorganized too, but I'm more organized than not. So All I right. think I'd give myself that score, maybe more of an eight. But. All right, cool. I'm, I'm not going to challenge it. I mean, I, I've not actually been to your home or your office, so I can't speak to it. I'm, I'm totally, it's, a, it's an honor system. If you're an eight, you're an eight. That's great. Perfect. Um, tell me, uh, what's the last thing excluding food or consumables that you purchased? Do you remember? So I think this is hilarious because just this weekend, I purchased those shelf things that you put in that extend your shelf or make your shelf, you know, so you can have more space if you have a tall shelf. Right. I bought the shelves. And I bought like three and they worked. And so I went back and bought four more. So <laughs> I was, happened to be cleaning out some cupboards that were driving me bananas and I bought shelves. So when I was looking at this today, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. So maybe you planted a seed with this schedule <laughs> of this conversation because <laughs> I did a little clearing out this weekend. So there's that. <laughs> Excellent. Congratulations. Would you say that you have more stuff than you need and use when you oh, think about uh, your stuff? Of course. Absolutely. Way more stuff than I need. All right, cool. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any big pithy things to say about that. Just, it's, it's, I mean, planting the seed is now you'll just, I think as you look at stuff, it'll start to become clearer what can stay and what can go. Yeah. Yeah. It goes in waves, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So at work um, and in your practice, right. Uh, mm -hmm. How does organizing and simplifying influence your choices? Do you see, do you see the, that pivot between this is, going to complicate my life, my work, this is going to simplify it, and, and that that is a strategic opportunity to make a choice rather than, by default, creating more mess that then you just have to dismantle and clean up? Yes. So I definitely recognize when, when, when my space, my office, or even like my bedroom or the kitchen is out of whack, everything else is out of whack. I mean, when I find myself kind of stifled in my business, whether I'm trying to figure out like marketing copy or, you know, a solution for a client or something, if I'm looking around and things are just disheveled, I see the correlation for sure. And even like online files, that kind of thing, I, I can see myself because what I recognize is I waste a lot of time. You know, like if I'm searching, sometimes I'm searching for a document on my computer and I can't find it. And it's like, really, is this word that I put in that I saved it as, why doesn't it come up? Because <laughs> it might not be that word that I thought I saved it as, right? But it's right. like, just like that gobbledygook that happens there. It's just this mental fog. And it's like this, um, it's almost like a stall energy, you know, like it kind of makes you just go slower, like molasses or mm -hmm. frantically panic. And all to all that is just like a time waster. And it's unnecessary. So yeah, I definitely see the correlation. And sometimes I'm super clear-minded and everything seems organized. Sometimes I'm clear-minded when it is disorganized and disheveled. And sometimes you see it where you're like, okay, I got to clean this up first to you know, get the clarity. And then it's all connected for sure. Yes. For sure. I think it's, uh, thank you for that. And I think it is in my practice in the work that I do with clients and as an educator, I. I try to focus on, is this, a, is, this, is this choice simplifying my life, my work, or is it mm -hmm. complicating it? And often what I find is the short-term gain is the shiny object that I want to reach for, but I don't think it all the way through, and I'm actually creating a mess, a complication. I, I, I make them equatable in my, in my way of thinking about it, uh -huh. that I'm actually 
I'm undermining my ability to move forward in the way that I want to because it seems momentarily this is going to be a yummy, delicious thing to have, but the consequences of grabbing it and bringing it forward, actually now there's nine things that need to be dismantled and put away as a result of it. And I think that it's another one of those short-term gain, long-term consequence pivot points that we aren't, if we're not really mindful and thinking big picture, we can trip ourselves up and, and, and undermine our ability to be successful and move forward. And I don't just mean in business, I mean in life as well, right? Yeah. If what we're trying to do is simplify and free up time for spontaneity and for magic, it's not going to happen if we just keep grabbing things and saying, well, this is really, this is not going to cost much. And whether it's money or time, right? Or both, this isn't going to cost much. I can just pack this in and I'll make it all fit into the puzzle. But the, the truth is you haven't allotted for it. There isn't enough room for it. And now it's pushing and pulling on things and everything's out of square and you're going to have to rejigger everything to make it now fit none of which was time that you budgeted, right? In your mind, you were like, oh, I can do this in five minutes, right? Yeah. Narrative, 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 not based on math at all. And now, what the hell? When are we gonna, how did this happen? And that's where we end up going so often is, how did this happen? As if you weren't the agent of doing it, right? With no judgment or shame, like you don't have to feel bad about it. But right. what you wanna do is just bring your awareness to it so you can start making a different choice. If this is going to really complicate things, it doesn't matter that in the moment it's delicious. Now it's something that has to be dismantled. Make a different choice. Yeah. What's a simpler option that's, that is in harmony and in alignment with your values, big picture? Well, and we have to know what the big picture is, right? I mean, that's part of the, well. the <laughs> equation, right? Knowing the big picture and then if it's in alignment. So we have to be more conscious of everything like and it starts i mean it starts with us it starts with our connection right so yes. yeah it makes a lot of sense i like that whole dismantling analogy that's it that's so good <laughs> thank you thank you i mean because it, it, i just see it all the time with yeah with clients and students and you know people that i interact with where in the moment it seems to make perfect sense right because yeah. it's not in context and it's not math based right it's all feelings based and then then the math kicks in and you're like, crap, I did not account for this. Surprise. Yeah. And I, again, you know, my Angelou and when we know better, we do better, right? I mean, you don't yeah. know better. It just keeps happening. How do we bring awareness to it so that you start to make a smarter choice that doesn't cut you off at the knees, literally or figuratively, and actually supports you in standing taller? Right, right. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the community and what Unstuff America means to you. When you first heard that expression, when I when you were invited to be on the show and we talked about uh, coming on, what what resonates for you and what you know what what are the things that percolate up around the idea of unstuffing America? Gosh, you know what? It's funny because it the obvious is like the first thought, like stuff, like too much stuff. But to me, like to unstuff it, like we've got to tell the truth. We've got to, you know, know who we are. We've got to be ourselves. We've got to speak up. And I think, you know, unstuffing it is like, um, we've got to just like peel back all these things. Like what, what is it stuffed with? Right. You know, what are we stuffed with and who are we in this equation in this puzzle? Because we have to start knowing ourselves and knowing who we are and our contribution, um, being responsible for what it is that we're doing and creating in this world, because it's not, 
it's not happening outside of us and it's not ha happening despite us. It's happening because of us, whether mm -hmm. we agree or disagree, or it's positive or negative. It doesn't matter. It's all of it. All of that is like stuffing. And a lot of it to me is energy, right? And it's like that energy that's so palpable that just, we can all feel and we all sort of carry it, whether it's old stuff or thoughts of new things or, you know, just, you know, desires, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's telling the truth and it starts with telling the truth to ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. like, who are we, who, how are how am I playing in this game of life right now? And is it what, is it the role I want to be playing? Because a lot of us, and I, I, I contributed to this for a long time when I worked and just had a job and just did what I thought I was supposed to be doing and doing the grind. I was not contributing the way I really wanted to be contributing because I felt I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. And when you, you change that thinking and you start diving into yourself and discovering who you really are and what you're really here to do changes everything. And then you can tell yourself the truth. But I think we've been so stuffed as Americans, just overstuffing ourselves with, I mean, anything you can imagine, thoughts, feelings, food, stuff, physical stuff, energy, people, whatever it is, we don't, we've like lost track of who we really are in it. And we've got to start peeling those layers back to really get to who we are. So then, you know, this country, we can just, we can be who we really are as a nation, as a community. I mean, it starts with us and it goes out into, you know, the neighborhoods. Right. And so yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. But it, it does. It does. I, I, so, I, but something that you said, and something that you said, I want to pick up on. And so, how did that? How did that shift happen? What was that epiphany like for you? Because that I think is helpful to to learn when you decided, oh, this isn't working for me, right? I mean, because you were asleep and then you woke up. How yeah. did you wake up? I mean, did somebody kick you? Did you fall off a log? You know, what? Did, was it something outside of you or something inside of you that? It, that popped that got your attention. Tell us about that. So it's interesting. And um, I think we all wake up in our own timing. And I don't sometimes, I don't think we all just wake up, like wake up today. I'm, I'm inspired. I, I don't think it goes like that for me. It was a slow, I was asleep at the wheel for so long. I became unhappy and miserable and just you know, like the Sunday blues every Sunday getting up for work. And I just hated it. And I was dragging myself and I just, it wasn't like I read a book or something happened. I was just so uncomfortable and unhappy that I, and I was working on myself at the same time. I had a life coach. I started um, taking a career class just to like, what are my skills? What, you know, what else could I be doing that might like be better for me? I started doing that process. So that, that was a journey towards my wake up. But in the process, when I was doing those things, I was still really unhappy because I was just doing work that I really didn't love. And I thought it was what I was supposed to be doing. You know, like it was just this like narrative that was in my life. Like you go to college, you graduate, you get a job and then you just have a job and you live and you work and <laughs> you just take care of yourself. You pay your rent. And at the time I lived in San Francisco, so I was just in the grind. Right. And then it's like, in, oh, now you don't have a job. So go find another job. And there was a moment when I got laid off from a job when I was in San Francisco, it was the downturn. Of, it was the, the bubble burst and um, the dot-com bubble. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a minute to find the job of my dreams. And it took longer than a minute because it was the downturn. <laughs> and um, so I got a temp job, right? Because my family was all worried about me. They're like, you better do something. I'm like, okay. So I got a temp job, which was enlightening. And then I got a contract job that was really great, paid really well because I was a contractor. And I milked it for like three months. 
And then at the three month mark, they were like, you need to make a decision. You either come on board full time or you, you leave. And at that, during that time, I was still looking for like the perfect job. And it was a choice to, I was like, well, I need the job. So I went on board. So five years later, I was still working at that company and I was unhappy and miserable. So I started the journey and then I stopped because of like societal pressure, right? Because I was single. It wasn't like I had an extra income or somebody supporting me or anything like that. It was like, yeah, I got to pay my rent. So I better take this job. And it was a choice that I made. But um, during that time was when it get really bad. And I just, I just saw that I wasn't valued for the work I was doing. I just saw that I... Um, I just wasn't seen at that place. And I worked really hard, harder than I've ever worked at another job. And, and it just a little, it was little things, but it was the journey to the awakening where finally I was just like, I can't do it enough. And so when you do something like hire a coach or take a class, I took this career class and the woman, it was a very simple career class. And it was very interesting because the woman teaching it said, you know, you guys are going to change a lot in the next four weeks. And we all were like, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) but we were doing assessments and we were coming together and talking like every week, or maybe it was like six weeks. I don't know. But, um, on the sixth week on, and it happened to be the day of my last class, I quit my job. So (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't the, um, it wasn't the class that made me quit my job. It was just that class opened a door to an awakening that I was having the journey of my awakening which is still continuing to this day, but it opened this door to see other opportunities. And then I just started talking about it with my family and with friends. Like, I'm just not happy here. And what happened was I just, a couple of people were just like, quit your job, move, make a change, do that dramatic thing that you're too scared to do. And after hearing it a few times, I was like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, um, I did. I quit my job and I left San Francisco and it sort of changed everything for me because I took a risk on myself because I knew I needed to move. I knew I needed to get out of that, just that place and everything. And, and it kind of needed to be dramatic. It doesn't need to be that way for everyone, but for me it did because that's just my personality. Right. And um, that is what shifted me. Um, and I also finally just said yes to myself, like enough is enough. I'm sick of this. And when I did quit and um, moved, I took the real time to discover what I was up to. And then um, funnily enough, I started facilitating these workshops and I witnessed the same thing happen for people. Mm -hmm. They would come with an idea. We would do this workshop. It was really about women in business, but they would put their idea in and then something would happen in their job or their relationship change would happen. So the minute you start putting something, put the ingredients together for your life and, and start questioning it and, and looking around, stuff opens up and then like change. You got to get out of your comfort zone, that delusion of that. And you've got to make the change and, and create some opportunities for yourself. And they come rushing at you. They really do. So it was funny because I had this experience and then I started facilitating the same experience for others. And that's when I discovered coaching and how, the connection with people and that I was really good at it and I loved it. And so for me, that awakening, it wasn't an overnight thing. I knew I wasn't happy. And I knew I needed to do something about it, but I wasn't sure what. So I started tiptoeing into things. And then that little thing started waking me up. And then it was like, okay, I can do this. I can quit. And, and it was the best because I, it was weird the way I quit because everyone in my company was going out of town and I didn't know. And I had known I wanted to quit and leave like mid August. So I was like, I got to do it today. So I like ran in, I quit. And they were all shocked because they were all leaving for a trip that they didn't tell the rest of us about. And then I went off to class and I was so happy. And I walked in and I was like, you'll never believe it. I quit my job. And this one guy was freaking out. 
And then another woman walked in and I think she worked for Visa and she hated her job too. She quit her job that day. And the one, <laughs> the one man who was not willing to change at all, he was like, what's happening? Everybody's quitting their jobs. But it was for us, it was the change we needed to make to move right. forward and move on. And so, so something, that freedom. something that you said, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, something yeah. that you said that uh, I want to pick up on is saying yes to yourself. Yes. That I think is fundamental. And certainly yeah. this business that I have now is all because of yes. Right. Because otherwise I'd still be in the theater making plays and doing stuff. And right. it was a yes that I said, I said yes to organizing, not in my wheelhouse, nothing I thought I was going to be doing, right. but it presented itself. And it was a moment of grace or whatever you want to call it, where the question was asked uh, at a time when I could hear it. Yep. I mean, because it might've been asked other times and I just was busy or noisy, didn't, in that moment, I said, oh, why not? Let's walk that and see how far it goes. And that willingness to not, uh, to not fight the yes, but to in fact accept the yes and embrace the yes shifted everything. So I think that that's really, I mean, we've got at least two people on the call that, are, that have had that experience. So I think yeah. it's, worth, it's worth calling out as saying yes is is perhaps fundamental in facilitating that shift. Yeah, and I'd say even before that, it's that willingness to listen to yourself. Because for a long time before this happened for me, I heard that I was miserable. I heard that I needed change. I, I heard it, I just wasn't sure what to do. It's like, okay, and what, you know? And so listen to yourself because then once you listen, you'll hear that questioning or you'll hear the, opportunity or you'll hear your yes, but you'll hear other things that will might bring you to your yes. So people who might be thinking, well, I'm not getting anything right now. Just start listening, you know, just start listening to that rattle in your head. Even if it's all that negative talk for me, it was listening to the misery, right? Like I don't want to get up. I mean, I, I used every sick day I could, I called in sick all the time. So I could just wander around the city and not go wow. to work because I was unhappy. So listen to that whatever's going on and you'll get, you'll discover your yes. Cause a lot of us have stuffed ourselves so much that we, we hear nothing and right. we can't, we can't hear ourselves, but we all have a yes. And we all have that little knocking at us and just got to pay attention and listen to it. And I think that even is like the willingness to go there and listen to ourselves is kind of the first step, you know? Cool. All right. Well, we are, um, we're, rapidly approaching the end of our conversation. So I'm wondering, is there any final thoughts, anything about uh, unstuffing America, unstuffing oneself that you want to wrap up with a last uh, thought that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, I love that we're in this conversation. It's like my favorite thing to just be <laughs> in a conversation talking about things that can maybe help people have a little idea for themselves. And I think we're to start where you are, you know, if you're going to start unstuffing yourself, start where you are, look around, see what's bugging you, see what makes you happy, like take note of all of it, the good, the bad, the comfort, the discomfort, start where you are and just be with yourself with it. You know, like if you are enraged about something in your life, okay. And then look at it and say, what can I do about it? And then have that willingness to say, I'm willing to do something to make a difference. It could be literally anything, right? I mean, whether it's, read a book to change something or change your mind about something or start walking, start being in nature 
or cleaning out your closet. You know, we have all these excuses why we don't do things, but you know, it's kind of just like, take that look around and do the simple thing that do the thing that's the easiest for you at the moment, because it doesn't have to be all at once. But I'd also say, you know, start with yourself, be really nice about yourself and be kind. Cause I, I don't think I said this, but I think we, in this stuffing of America, we've lost our sense of compassion and kindness. Mm. I mean, we are all the same. We're just people, we're humans. We're having these experiences together. They can be good, they can be bad, but when we pull together and we're kind to one another, it changes everything. And it's gotta start with ourselves. We've gotta be kind to ourselves. So if you're upset with yourself that you're in a, a job you hate, that's okay. Be upset for a minute and then be kind to yourself about right. it and then do something about it, you know? Because if you just stay upset, the job's just going to get worse, right? But if you can bring some kindness and compassion to yourself while you're in it and while you're maybe discovering what else to do, that shifts everything. And then those opportunities come. And I think it just starts with us. It starts with every individual, you know, what is what matters to you? And then go talk about that with people and share it however you can share it because it's really just one person at a time being kinder and nicer and more loving, you know, it's just, I think that's the truth of it. More love, less stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Thank you, Amy, so much for uh, having this conversation with me and by extension, everybody who's been tuning in and listening to Unstuff America. Tell us where we can learn more about you, your fabulous podcast, all of the groovy things that you're doing in the world. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love these conversations and thank you for holding the space for people to be in a conversation like this and hear a conversation like this. I think it's really important. Thank you. Um, you can find me at amyschuber.com and my podcast is called Inspired Conversations where you can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or on the website inspiredconversations.net. And I also have a guide to help you, you know, discover your life's purpose. Uh, a quick guide, if you want to go get that, you can get it at guide.amyschuber.com. But um, you can find me on all the social places too. And it's Amy Schuber with a B. <laughs> so S-C-H-U-B as in boy, E-R. Yes, yes. Perfect. Well, again, Amy, thanks so much for joining me and the Unstuff America community. It's been great having you here. Uh, we all look forward to hearing more about what you're doing out in the world as, as we both step away and expand. And um, I'll look forward to seeing you, uh, you know, because you're a, a good friend. I'll look forward to seeing you again off the air soon, too, as well. Thanks. Me, too. All right. You're welcome. Um, for, every, for all the listeners, of course, remember to rate and review us. You can find us at Unstuff America and at andrewmellon.com. And I'll see you next time on Unstuff America. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Unstuff America. If you like the podcast, the best compliment you can give us is to share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes. 